Hi, everyone, and Happy New Year, and welcome to the January 6th, 2023 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor at Automotive News Canada. My guest today is at the forefront of landing automotive investment in Ontario, $16 billion worth, according to the province. Today, we'll hear what went right in 2022, what makes Ontario attractive, where the province goes from here, and why 2023 might actually end up topping 2022. All that and more when we hear from Ontario Minister of Economic Development, Vic Fideli, in a conversation we had just before the holidays and airing now on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Mr. Minister, thank you for joining me on the podcast once again. Great to be here. Thank you. Always great to have you. Let's start by looking back. Can you describe what 2022 was like for the auto sector in Ontario? Well, I mean, we are uh, in an automotive uh, description. We're firing on all cylinders. I mean, think about, uh, you know, think about the last 22 months. We've attracted $16 billion here in Ontario in what I think anybody would call really transformative uh, auto investments. These are from global automakers, uh, suppliers of EV batteries, battery materials. And, you know, that is uh, truly unprecedented in Canadian history, uh, as well as here in Ontario history. So it's been a hell of a hell of a 22 months. And I would say uh, for for 2022, since our election in June, I've been to eight countries uh, and we are uh, universally, as Ontario, we are universally beloved. You know, I was going to get to that. I, I mean, how was it for you personally? If anyone follows you on Twitter or LinkedIn, they see, as you mentioned, you've been globe trotting all over the place to look for automotive investment and new investment here in Ontario. What's it been like for you personally? Busier than you've ever been? Can you put it into perspective for us? Yeah, yeah, Greg, I'm a lifelong entrepreneur. Uh, and uh, this is this for me, uh, in terms of uh, the travel, I've been to 100 countries in my business life. But the, this last year with these eight countries, these are very intensive meetings. These are not, um, you know, showy uh, land with a big entourage and make big announcements. These are, you know, targeting and getting in there. In Germany, we did a, set, a different hotel room every single night we were there. These are hopping from city to city, rolling up the sleeves and pushing for deals. Uh, South Korea, same kind of thing. Japan, uh, all of these are very intensive. You need to come to Ontario and here's why kind of meeting. So that's what it's been like. Beautiful, by the way, just absolutely beautiful as a business person. It's I've never seen anything like it. Having worked in the automotive, grown up in automotive, and now covering automotive, I haven't seen this much activity in in my lifetime, really, honestly. Um, but when I say that, I wonder what were or what are the biggest challenges Ontario faces when landing new auto investment. What is the myths or the problems or the challenges that you have to convince the other parties um, that they don't exist? What what makes it hard? Well, I think if just dial back to where we were before we wrote Driving Prosperity, which was our plan. You know, Sergio Marchionne stood on a stage or sat on a stage with uh, former Premier Kathleen Wynne. Sergio Marchionne, of course, the former uh, uh, chair 
CEO of uh, then Fiat Chrysler. And, you know, he said to Minister, Premier Wynn at the time, he said, uh, this is not what I would call the cheapest jurisdiction in which to produce. That's his direct quote. And then he told her, I think you need to create the conditions to be competitive. And so when you say, what, what are our challenges? It's to show the world that since Sergio Marchionne made and, and actually correctly made that, the, that statement in which we were, um, you know, seeing the sector, the automotive sector leaving Ontario, and we saw this downward spiral. And, and when we launched Driving Prosperity, it really was a plan to create those conditions to be competitive. It's now to go to these places and show them we have done what we were asked to do. We've lowered the cost of business by $7 billion every year. And that gets us in the door. And then we actually need to explain what we mean by that. And we give them all the specifics about lowering the, uh, uh, reducing the WSIB. I, I tell them that's like your workers' compensation, you know, by 50%, which is, you know, $2.5 billion every single year. I tell them we put in an accelerated capital cost, which lowers the cost a billion a year. And then I go through all the things and, and we added up to $7 billion in savings every year. And then, and then we start pushing in, telling them, and it's this ecosystem that we have in Ontario. There's, you know, 700 parts makers in Ontario. There's 500 tool and die and mold makers. And they start to see a picture that we've developed in their mind of this Ontario that's this, you know, very humming auto sector. Uh, and it's not anymore like Sergio Marchionne saw uh, correctly uh, uh, described it. And instead, it's this uh, uh, vibrant, rejuvenated, and, and, and back-to-life exciting auto sector. So the biggest challenge is, you know, we were, we were slipping and everybody in the auto sector in the world knew it, and they needed to know now that we're back. Just about something else that's changed. Years ago, your leader, our Premier Doug Ford, said, and I'm paraphrasing essentially, but essentially he said, no more corporate welfare. And yet we've seen the PC government contribute millions to the auto sector since uh, you've come to power, come to govern. Why? What has changed in that sentiment? What has changed from no more corporate welfare to assisting automakers and battery makers in Ontario? 100,000 men and women. That's what changed. We watched when we took office, we saw just how dire the uh, auto sector had become in the province of Ontario. Um, we saw General Motors uh, was the, the next shoe to drop when they left Oshawa. And we sat down and did our analysis. And, and, and we, we, we sat as a cabinet with the premier and said, you know, there's been $300 billion worth of electric vehicle investment going on around us. And not one penny of it came to Canada. So we're either going to be in the game or we're out of this sector and 100,000 men and women will be uh, and will have no more future in auto. We're either in or we're out. And the premier said, well, we need to protect those 100,000 jobs and save this industry. And, and we're in. And that's 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 all it took was from the premier to say we're in. And then we started on the path of reducing the costs uh, and taking a message to these people, to these companies, why we're, we're where they need to be. And yes, we're there with our checkbook because all around the world, in order to be in order to attract these companies to 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 your lo location or in our case to stay, 
um, we needed to be as competitive as the other jurisdictions around the world. And that's what it took. And, 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 and that's why we opened the checkbook. Uh, but it's not just the checkbook. Again, we showed them the, the lower the lowered cost of doing business. We talk about our universal health care in Canada, which takes a, a lot of description for they don't quite around the world and even in the United States, they don't quite understand what we mean by that, that, you know, it, it, it's not going to be a line item. So if we're not in on the front end with with your capital costs, maybe as well as some states are uh, and in some cases, some cases equal. But if we're not. You know, here's where your OPEX is going to be lower because you don't have this this uh, healthcare cost. It's it's already it's already built into the system, and it really takes a lot to describe that. Um, we talk about the Canadian dollar and the advantage there. We talk about our 65,000 STEM graduates every year. So all of these things are that we talk about are going to save them money on their OPEX as well. So yes, we're in with some with some CapEx investments to get them here. But a big part of why they're here is because they know our employees are the best in the world and that we keep refilling that pipeline. Well, let's talk about the hot pursuit. Uh, you've had talks with Volkswagen, Mercedes-Benz. Where are you right now with Volkswagen? We were told earlier this year that VW would have an announcement by the end of 2022. We have some MOUs right now, but not much more. What's going on with Volkswagen? Can you update us on that file? Well, what I would say, uh, Greg, is that we don't talk about any prospects anywhere that we're dealing with um, specifically. Uh, but if you follow my social media, as I know you have, you mentioned it earlier, um, we <clears throat> have been around the world. We have met with all of the companies you mentioned, BW, BMW, Mercedes. Of course, we visited uh, Toyota and Honda again when we were in Japan. A lot of battery makers, you would have seen photos of us at uh, Panasonic and others. Uh, so we have a really full pipeline of leads that we're developing. And I would hope that we have positive news coming out of all of our uh, uh, sales meetings uh, sometime in the first quarter is what I would hope. Uh, that's about the best I'm going to be able to say on that. You, when you appeared at the Automotive Parts Manufacturers Association Conference in Windsor, I believe the number was six. You had said you, you were sort of chasing six battery plants. And, you know, a lot of people left that room feeling you had essentially promised we would get a second one somewhere in Ontario. Are you still in pursuit of battery factories? Will we land another? Oh, absolutely. In my opinion, we will absolutely land a, a second. And, you know, if the premier has his way, we're going to land more than a second one. You know, that that's, a, you know, I, I said to the boss, uh, you know, the, the, here's our prospect list and, and, uh, you know, let's prioritize them. And he said, hell with that. <laughs> let's get them all. So, so, you know, you're dealing with, you know, a guy who leads right from the front. And so that, you know, that, that that's always a big advantage when you got a cheerleader like that. We came back from Germany. We came back from Korea and back from Japan. And it, it, within the next two days of each trip, we had the premier on, uh, on virtual calls with a couple of our prospects. There's no better salesperson in the world than Premier Doug Ford. And we had him on three calls to, you know, I, like I say, I brought in the closer. And so, you know, I, I suspect that you're gonna hear good news coming out of Ontario uh, in the near future about all of these, whether it's parts, battery parts, or, or all of the above, uh, I think you're gonna hear good news in Ontario and continue to hear good news in Ontario. 
it takes more than just the provincial government. So I'm curious, what is the working relationship with the federal government like right now? How is how are the feds and your PCs getting along when it comes to the auto file? Yeah, there are no uh, political stripes when it comes to the auto file. Those get parked at the door. We just jump in um, uh, with the feds and we treat this in a, a very respectful business-like way. It's all business. It's for the good of the country. And in our case, it's for the good of Ontario. And, and we just work uh, uh, hand in glove. I'll be very frank. It is a very much a hand in glove relationship. Minister Champagne and I text each other on a very, very frequent basis with, with intimate details of the deals. We're both at the head of these files. And so there would be very few details that either of us wouldn't know about a particular file. There's been some doom and gloom uh, forecasts when it comes to a recession. I'm just wondering, how is the provincial government preparing for a potential recession and how that might affect automotive and manufacturing? Well, certainly we're doing everything we can from uh, our government's perspective in supporting people and businesses with these uncertain economic times. Uh, you know, certainly we just come through very challenging years of COVID. Now we've got Russia's war in the Ukraine. There's tension in Asia. There's inflation that we've not seen in you know, 40 years. So uh, we, we fully understand uh, the effect that that inflation and the, these uh, other uh, uh, things are having, uh, uh, the effect that they're having on families, um, and so that's why we, you know, did very specific things like um, uh, doubling the gains, the guaranteed annual income for seniors. That's an automatic doubling for 200,000 of the lowest income seniors, and that that was put in place. So an ODSP, the Ontario Disability Support Program, you know, we've We've at, uh, increased it by 5% and we've allowed them to go and get a job. It used to be if you earn 200 bucks a month, uh, anything above that, uh, you got your ODSP clawed back. Well, now it's $1,000 a month. So these are other sectors that we're trying to help. And, and then there's the things like the gas tax. You know, We've lowered the gas tax by, by 10 cents a liter. Um, we hope and wish the feds would do the same thing with the 11 cents that they've added to uh, the price of a, a liter of gas. Um, so, you know, we're doing those things. But I will tell you, Greg, from our perspective, I think I've told you this before. I, every single day of every single week, I send the premier what I call his one a day vitamin. And it is a text that consists of the name of a company, the city they're locating in or expanding in, how many millions they're investing, how many people they're hiring, and rarely, if ever, if we have any skin in the game. And he gets that every day. And it could be a company that's investing. You know, just the other day, it was Barry Calumet, I think is the name of the company, how to pronounce it. 100, 104 or $110 million in a chocolate factory in Chatham. But only a month before that, the very same company made a very similar announcement of 104 or $110 million in Brantford. Um, that was, you know, each of those were uh, one of the days, one of days. Every day, it's something, uh, whether it's um, uh, whether it is uh, Tata uh, Consultancy Service hiring 5,000 people, HCL out of India hiring uh, 1,100 people in Ontario, whether it is um, 
another industrial company onshoring, whether it's Dichem in Windsor, Brink now making pine saw, uh, reshoring it from the US. There's a new story every single day. And, and why I'm telling you that is, is the point is it has not let up. There's not one day that goes by that we're not able to send the premier a brand new investment in Ontario. And, and we see a long pipeline ahead of us. Uh, 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 and that's why, you know, we know that whether uh, these uncertain economic times continue or not, here in Ontario, we've got a very healthy uh, uh, private sector pipeline. In terms of private sector pipelines, uh, I'm curious if you can shed any light on this. In its latest planning report, it just came out, uh, I believe, on December 17th, 16th. The Ontario Independent Electricity Systems Operator says it is aware of, quote, several potential new customers interested in connecting to the grid in London and in Hamilton. It's on page 50 of the report. Uh, These are said to be in need of bulk transmission of electricity. So I assume factories. Could you shed some light on who or what might be needing this kind of electricity in these areas? Can we expect automotive to be part of this? Well, um, certainly any time a large company is comes to us to talk about expanding or relocating to Ontario, you know, we reach out to Enbridge, we reach out to the IES. So we want to make sure that this that we can say to this company, yes, you have access to natural gas or the electricity that they require. So that's that's standard operating procedure. As soon as we get a prospect, even if we, you know, if it's a uh, uh, a, a long shot prospect or not, we want to be able to go back to them. So for electricity, uh, I know the IESO talked about Hamilton. That, in in my estimation, would have been the DeFasco requirement. We've moved, we've invested a half a billion dollars, uh, provincial dollars, into DeFasco to move them off of coal into an electric arc furnace. So that would be, in my estimation, the uh, what they're talking about in Hamilton. In London, there are lots of prospects that we're dealing uh, with in London, but Medicom is one that made an announcement a short while before the election, like days before the election. It's a $120 million investment to make nitrile gloves here, very electricity intensive. It's 145 jobs. Province invested $30 million. You know, that would be one that's coming, will be coming online in the next couple of years as, or the next year or so as well. So those are very specific from me, but I would continue to say to you, there's lots of prospects um, in in both areas. Hamilton has been unbelievable with the major investments that we've seen out at the airport um, and in some of the other companies. You'll hear a couple of announcements coming up in the month of January. Uh, of uh, non-auto related, uh, but not non-auto uh, uh, electricity users in in the Hamilton area. Um, uh, so you'll see that then. But uh, London, uh, you know, there are a lot of prospects we have in the London and London area. Let's say. Okay. Now let's end on this one. It's the big one. What can we expect in automotive in 2023? And can you top 2022? Well, we've got billions in the pipeline. Uh, so w- will we top 2022 is a great question. I'm going to uh, really go out on a stretch here and tell you the, 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 the personal wish list. Because I'm a Northern Ontario boy, Greg. I'm born in North Bay, lived here all my 66 years. 
And there'd be nothing that warms my heart more than to see now that after 120 years, Northern Ontario is now involved in the auto sector. And that's because of our critical minerals, whether it's the nickel in Sudbury, uh, and by the way, nickel finds that are, are ready to come out of the ground around Timmins, Ontario, the ring of fire minerals, but it's the lithium in Northwestern Ontario. That is uh, our, our, that is our ace in the hole in luring companies to Ontario is this lithium that we've got at four different prospects. So my forecast for 2023, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm quite certain that I'm going to get my, uh, uh, you know, get myself in trouble saying this, but I love getting myself in trouble. I'm not the kind of guy, Greg, who under over promises and under delivers, but I'm going to tell you, we're going to need that lithium process in Ontario. And, you know, we are working very hard with companies around the world to take a very serious look at putting a conversion facility to make lithium hydroxide uh, in Ontario, because that's where the lithium is. And I'll be you know, I'll be darned if those rocks uh, uh, get up and leave. Uh, they should be processed in northern Ontario. And that's uh, one thing as a northern boy that I'll be pushing hard for, Greg. But one way or the other, I would say the lithium mines, uh, the announcements coming about uh, lithium um, mine investments and uh, lithium processing. Mr. Minister, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for uh, taking the time once again. I appreciate it greatly. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Greg. Thanks. I want to thank Minister Fideli for being my guest this week. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click that podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.